1: Today's episode of Eco Chic is brought to you by Sawyer. Sawyer's goal is, and always has been, to improve your outdoor experience while also making a difference in people's lives. I'm personally a huge hiker, a big outdoor advocate. Sawyer makes products that seriously elevate that outdoor experience. Insect repellents for your clothes and gear, sunscreen that's formulated to actually stay put, and first aid products specific for your ultra-lightweight backpacking and camping. The insect repellent is especially cool because it doesn't stink like a lot of other insect repellents, and there's no worse feeling after a day outside than being sticky and smelly from your bug spray. Sawyer also has water filtration systems, which help support their international water relief programs. They're on a mission to make sure every single person on the planet has access to clean, healthy water. For more information on Sawyer or where to buy their products, check out their buy page on sawyer.com, which features online retailers and a local retailer locator. You can use the code ECPOD25, which is good for 25% off Sawyer products at sawyersafetravel.com.
0: Everything you do is making an impact in this world.
1: This is not
0: an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you?
1: And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. You're listening to Eco Chic, a podcast about climate, sustainability, and eco-conscious lifestyles. What? Like it's hard? Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing as well as you can be. I appreciate you tuning into the show. We are speaking today with Marcy Zaroff, which is unreal to me. She is such a pioneer in the eco-fashion movement and truly this eco-renaissance, which we get deep into. I want to take a sec to remind you, if you enjoyed today's episode of Eco Chic, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to this feed wherever you find podcasts. We're putting out episodes All the time, especially while we're all at home and trying to really find a new normal. I hope to continue providing valuable content for you. So it's helpful if you subscribe. You can find us on socials at Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. You can sign up for our fabulous newsletter. Comes out once a week. TotallyEcoChic.com. There's a little pop-up. And that's also where you can find our produce bags, silicone bags, other fun stuff if you're interested in supporting the show in some sort of physical capacity. So, with that, let's get into it because, like I mentioned, today we're talking with Marcy Zaroff. Marcy Zaroff coined and trademarked the term eco fashion in 1995, really a pioneer. Marcy is an internationally recognized eco lifestyle expert, educator, innovator, and serial ecopreneur. Something I really admire about her is that Marcy has had a hand in so many different industries. She's truly an expert on this collective eco consciousness conversation that we're having as consumers. She's a driving force in the environmental movement for almost three decades now. Marcy is the founder of leading sustainable fashion lifestyle brands like MetaWear, Under the Canopy, and Farm to Home. She's the executive producer of Thread documentary, Driving Fashion Forward, and co-founder of Good Catch Foods Beyond Brands and the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is the world's largest nutrition school. If you know anyone that's a health coach, there's a very good chance they were certified through the school that Marcy founded. Marcy is also a board member of the Organic Trade Association, Textile Exchange, Fashion Revolution USA, and Cradle to Graves Fashion Positive. She was a key figure in the development of the Global Organic Textile Standard, GOTS, and First Fair Trade Textile Certification. Marcy has received countless recognitions and awards for innovation, women in business, fashion. She's, again, really done it all. Marcy's first book, Eco-Renaissance, co-creating a stylish, sexy, and sustainable world, was released in August of 2018. We do talk quite a bit about the term eco-renaissance, both in the case that she lays out in her book, but also how it's a very comprehensive term to describe her life's work and where consumerism is going. I do want to be upfront in that I have not yet read Eco-Renaissance, but I hope to do it very soon. It's a book that has been on my radar for a little while because I'm very familiar with Marcy's work Online. I think that she has an excellent network. On Earth Day, I attended a fabulous panel that she put together through Yes and that had a lot of great innovators in the eco fashion movement. And then she also does a lot of work again in food, in textiles, in social justice. She's all about authenticity and a collective, unified effort when it comes to the climate conversation and the sustainability movement. So there's a lot of ways that you can get in touch with her work, especially if you're looking through any of the brands, if you're looking on her personal page. I will, of course, have everything I can linked down in the show notes. But if you are a conscious consumer, there's a very good chance that you've already been touched in some capacity by Marcy Zaroff. We talk about a lot. We talk about fashion. We talk about food. We talk about the economy. And Marcy has a really good handle on the psychological and even spiritual benefits to a lot of this movement. So I think that's a really cool, different perspective that I'm excited to bring to the show today. So with that, let's just jump right in. Let's talk about the eco-Renaissance, how we're evolving into a more conscious, sustainable culture with Marcy Zaroff. So Marcy, I just want to start off with a definition of eco-Renaissance. What does that mean for you? Because I think it's such a powerful term and something that is a good way to describe everything that you really work on.
0: So an eco-Renaissance is essentially a rebirth of humanity and this awakening that we are all a part of one global ecosystem. And so the name itself is the fusion of a rebirth of an ecosystem. And in an ironic way right now, the eco-Renaissance has never been more relevant than it is today coming you know, out of, or hopefully soon coming out of this pandemic. I connect the dots in the book of food, beauty, wellness, art, fashion, and business, which I believe are the spokes in the wheel of popular culture. And the common thread that weaves you know, all these chapters together in the book are the principles of creativity, connection, community, collaboration, and consciousness. And the ultimate premise of the book is through the lens of design, we can change the world. You have to lead people at a visceral level, appeal to them aesthetically. So if it's food, it has to taste good, first and foremost. There's your yes and you want it to be you know organic fair trade you know all the layers of ethical responsible and healthier for you your body your family and the future and i would say the same thing about every chapter it talks about what is the yes again in beauty the yes is functionality and scent in fashion the yes is style and quality and price and the and across each of these popular culture sectors really is taking it to the next level. And that's really the premise of the book again, is yes and.
1: Let's talk a little bit about this yes and philosophy when it comes to fashion, because I feel like you've been in the space for so long, you must have an incredible overview of how sustainable, ethical, well-rounded, eco-conscious fashion has changed in the last two decades or so. I would love to hear your perspective on what the space looked like when your career was really first starting out versus what it's looking like right now.
0: (laughs) Well, when I was first starting out, so you know, I, I coined and trademarked the term eco fashion in 1995, and if you would have Googled that term, I mean, of course, this was the beginning of the internet. I was the only listing, so if that gives you any sense of,
1: yeah. uh, you know,
0: so it was just Marcy Zaroff, and then when I founded my first sustainable fashion and home brand under the canopy, that was the second listing. So. Today, if you Google that term, it's, you know, somewhat ubiquitous for this movement. So obviously I've seen, you know, the journey of a thousand miles or <laughs> a billion miles, yeah. up, right? And it's been a long and winding journey. I would say it's not a straight line. It's lots of twists and turns and two steps forward, one step back every every step of the way. What gets me super excited today is... The internet has really changed the game. And over time, as it's taken root, the whole idea of transparency, which was really, in essence, the DNA of eco-fashion when I started it, today, you can pull the curtain back and ask the question, who made my clothes? What's in my clothes? Where are my clothes from? And that's game-changing, right? Because there was a day where fashion brands and designers could literally talk at you and tell you what you should buy, right? Through classic advertising and department store windows and fashion models on billboards. And it was very much on the surface. And that's why when I first coined the term eco-fashion in 1995, that people thought I was crazy. And the response that was probably most frequent was, that can't work, Marcy, because those two worlds are so dichotomous. People who are into fashion are all focused on somewhat of the material world and the way you look, which is very much at that surface level, even if it's coming from within, from a creative sense, right? It's really, what does it look like on the outside? Whereas the movement for whether you're going to talk about the environment or humanitarianism, consciousness, we're really driven by a deep sense of purpose, a more spiritual, less physical Mindset. And so in the early years of the movement, when I would go to natural products industry conferences, there wasn't really a sense of fashion. There was almost a prejudice and a stigma that, well, if you were fashion, you know, driven, you were likely materialistic. And on the other side, you know, the people in the fashion industry were prejudiced against, you know, the quote, tree huggers. Oh, they have no sense of style. They're just crunchy, frumpy, boxy, beige, boring, made from hemp. Can you smoke it after you wear it? It's overpriced. How do you really know if, it, if it's doing anything good? There were all these stigmas. And so, My mission when I started my work in this path or on this path was really to bridge those worlds and to bring style into the world of change and bring change into the world of style and bridge the fashionista with the tree hugger and bridge the tribe and the boardroom because I'm all of that. And to me, I was sitting there saying, wait a minute. But I, I'm conscious. I subscribe to being environmentally and socially responsible. And I'm thinking differently about the products and the brands and the companies that I want to choose and support for the world that I want to live in, right? But I also love fashion. I always loved merchandising and styling people. It's really the manifestation of two of my passions. But, but I always said, it's not an if, it's a when. And I believed that because I got into the organic food world very early. I was in the trenches back when, you know, everybody who was in organic knew each other. I mean, that's how small our movement was. And I co-founded a school in 1990 that is known today as the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and has certified over 85,000 people as health coaches. So I saw the evolution of the types of students that were coming through our programs, what started as a very alternative mindset, you know, people coming because doctors told them they had, you know, cancer, heart disease, or degenerative illness of some sort or skin conditions or all these different you know health issues that were they were being told either you 're going on a life of medicine or you should be thinking about the choices you're making and so a lot of times people would come into this lifestyle to heal themselves and so that 's where it started but I would watch that seesaw start to tilt where it was more preventative mindset it was more driven by a younger generation saying, wait a minute, I don't want to subscribe to these kinds of toxic chemicals going in my body or into my home. And so as that shift happened, you know, eco-fashion really is the next frontier as, f- as far as I believe. And so I always approached eco-fashion from a more spiritual lens that over time, People who were drinking the proverbial organic food Kool-Aid and more conscious eating habits would eventually catch on to this feels good. What else? What more can I do? And would be open to learning about the impacts of the fashion world. So over time, just to kind of come back to your question over time you know there's been a lot of innovation, collaboration, education and across the world i've seen fashion institutes go from not really understanding or knowing anything about sustainability to having entire tracks dedicated to sustainable fashion which of course is breeding the next generation of designers and merchandisers and marketers in the fashion world i've seen business schools Breed the next generation of leaders through social entrepreneurship programs. And of course, today it's not about staying ahead anymore. If you're a fashion brand or retailer, it's about not being left behind. If you are not integrating sustainability and how can you be strategically driving social and environmental accountability into your supply chains and your products, you're going to be out of the game.
1: Wow. Wow. I have a lot to unpack. First of all, I completely agree. It's not about staying ahead it's about not getting left behind in this world. We're not living in a world where corporations and industries just can forget or ignore the sustainability conversation. It's truly not an option right now. And I also think that your example, your metaphor a couple of minutes ago about the provincial Kool-Aid, that once you get into one of these topics, you have to get into the others. I think that's such a good way to describe it because I see a lot of parallels between, like you mentioned, the food conversation, this holistic nutrition lifestyle that at one point had a lot of stigma around it, the same way that fashion had a lot of stigma. When you talk about eco fashion, it doesn't have to be these hemp sacks, these beige outfits. And I think that the stigma over time breaks down because people start to make those personal connections and they realize they don't have to fit in a box. They don't have to be one or the other and you can be concerned about the environment while you're also concerned about how you dress if you're concerned about the environment if you're concerned about eco conscious living maybe you feel the pressure to be a minimalist and consume less and sometimes yes you should consume less but you can also consume better when you do consume so i see a lot of parallels across the board really when we're talking about all these different sectors of life that are included in this eco renaissance
0: yep And then, you know, I think for me, writing the book, um, the main point I wanted to get across, given that I have lived in other sectors and other industries like food and beauty and being, you know, an advocate of wellness over the course of career, you know, I see all the interconnections and the parallels at the agricultural level in nature, in terms of the way crop rotation is fundamental of organic methodologies in agriculture, all the way through to what you just reiterated, which is the consumer once you plant that seed of consciousness a consumer will inevitably ask what else what's next what more and i think every one of these sectors has that opportunity to take people into a world that is so much more fulfilling it's a value add it's not giving something up it's not about sacrifice i mean i can't tell you for how long people are like don't you miss eating meat or don't you miss this or that and i'm like no like do you smoke cigarettes no do you think about wow i miss not smoking cigarettes no well okay so there you go like you have awareness around that those cigarettes are probably harming you and you don't like the way you feel if you smoke so you've made that connection so the whole idea is let's make that connection in every choice that we made right like and we used to tell people at the school when we had cooking classes don't believe anything that we're telling you just try it on and see how you feel and really reflect on how you feel physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and see if your professional and your personal values are aligned. See if the things you're saying and doing at home are different than the things you're saying and doing at work. How does that make you feel? And just tune in. And I think that, again, that seed of consciousness is no different than a seed in a garden. If you cultivate it, it will inevitably bud and then hopefully harvest. And that's where I hope the eco-Renaissance will take us all, is we're creating this incredible new garden of life where we're going to be blooming, healthy, brilliant, beautiful flowers of conscious beings that all want to thrive together. It's not about making fashion sustainable. It's about making sustainability fashionable where everybody realizes that this is not a choice, it's an imperative. We have a responsibility to leave this planet as good, if not better, than the way we found it. And the only way that's going to happen is a unity in the community. We work collectively to co-create a stylish, sexy, and sustainable world.
1: I really, really like that quote about making fashion sustainable. It's not about making sustainability fashionable. I think that's so powerful because it's absolutely the voice of reason we need in this day and age. And when you talk about the eco-Renaissance and this shift that we're currently seeing in consumer culture, I appreciate that you mentioned earlier the spokes of the wheel of pop culture, this concept that there are so many different sectors that are really stemming from one central human making choices. And I think what's really cool about that is as you have seen all of these different sectors evolve into a more eco-conscious mindset over time, I have to imagine that you have some sort of vision for where you would like to see consumer culture, pop culture going in the future. Where do you think are the holes right now when it comes to the economy? Like, where do you feel like the economy is moving towards when it comes to the eco-renaissance? Is there sectors, is there industries that are still needing to catch up that you see that we don't have enough of an environmental representation in? The reason I took
0: on fashion, fashion to me is the most powerful vehicle in the world. One out of every six people on the planet are employed somewhere, somehow in the fashion industry, the textile industry. So it's big numbers, right? I think when you look at, The, you know, the opportunity and the impact, if we really shift the paradigm, 10% of the world's carbon footprints coming out of the fashion industry, 20% of the world's fresh water pollution, industrial pollution is from textile treatment and dyeing. You hear things like you can see what colors are being dyed at the factories in China by the colors of the rivers. You go across the world, and I mean, I go to India every year, and it's pretty devastating to come out of the airport in Delhi and literally not be able to breathe. I mean, that is a basic human right. And so much of that is the amount of waste and air and water pollution and chemical use from the fashion and textile industry. And then when you look at social justice, which is just disgrace, I mean, you still have slave labor in our industry and everybody buys clothing. Everyone buys bedding. Everyone on the planet, pretty much. You know, even if it's just a few things, right? Everybody has to wear and use textiles. So I do think food is now on its way. I mean, relatively speaking, and you talk about business case and numbers, there's no greater business case than organic. Today, the organic industry in America alone is a $52.5 billion industry. It's had almost double digit growth rates for, you know, 20 consecutive years there's more demand than there is supply. We have about 12% demand in this country and maybe only about 5% supply. So we're importing 7% of the organic products on the shelves just to meet the demand of today's consumer. And 52% of organic shoppers are millennials and that's a testament to the fact that the next generation is also primed for organic because of transparency being forefront and the number one reason that you know people typically start embracing an organic lifestyle is when they have children And so you think about the amount of millennials that have had kids and the amount that will continue to have kids. So that trajectory is only going to go up. And then you look at job creation, 60% of organic businesses are creating new jobs every year. In fact, during COVID-19, they're thriving right now because consumers are searching for healthier products. And because of everything we're reading about, building your immune system. So it's on fire. So we're seeing just a continued progress And believe it or not, 83% of Americans are now buying organic food, at least occasionally. There are two studies showing that, Consumer Reports and Nielsen. Biggest buyer today of organic food is Costco. And you've got Amazon and and Walmart and Target and everybody's joining the party. So that is an amazing business case because being on the board of the Organic Trade Association and lobbying in Congress and in the White House and packaging the organic story through different administrations, better for our planet and human health. But now it's really about focusing on the economic benefits, you have an industry that is so strong on every metric that I just shared that that's all about an economic story and a, and a business case. So I think using organic as a model for the environmental movement is is really very pertinent and, and one that's very exciting, frankly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great example because I think organic is one of those things that also had a lot of stigmas around it, around organic is expensive, organic is elite, whatever. And it's not that way anymore. Organic is becoming more and more affordable and more and more accessible to a lot of people. So I think organic is a great comparison example for a lot of other industries to reassess their supply chains.
0: I think this whole idea that Albert Einstein said, we can't solve today's problems with the same consciousness that created them, Mm. just to really tap into that wisdom and realize that we all can be a part of the solution. And if you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. And therefore, don't be overwhelmed by how daunting it may feel to step into the eco-renaissance. But going back to just reinforcing what you just said is, it's all about one step at a time and give yourself that room. Don't empty out your kitchen cupboards or your, you know, bedroom closet and throw everything away and replace it. Just start making that transition. And that is very much along the same lines as how we transition agriculture from conventional to organic. It's a three-year transition and it's one step at a time to get to that place where we can literally regenerate agriculture and i would say it's not even about sustainability anymore it's about regeneration we've done so much damage the you know humanity has done so much damage to our planet which is our home and we need to now all play a role on rebuilding what we've depleted and rebirthing as a renaissance is and resetting and collectively we can all take action and be the change and wear the change we wish to see.
1: I hope you loved today's conversation with Marcy Zaroff, all about sustainable conscious culture, the eco-renaissance. If you did, all of my links will be down in the show notes so that you can get in touch. Don't forget to rate and review. I will have all of Marcy's links down in the show notes, including a link to her book, The Eco-Renaissance, on Amazon. Thank you again so much for hanging out and tuning in. I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Bye.